as Brother Kirk mentioned, I made this plan of lessons for the month of July. And all these lessons are going to be based on faith. And the starting point was, I'm, this Wednesday I'll be away. I'll be speaking at Rock Hill for their summer series. And, and they are having a series on faith. So since I had a lesson on faith from there, I thought I'd build a whole month around faith for us as well. And uh, I accidentally planned lessons for the week that I was going to be away, forgetting that I would be away. And so I talked to Brother Glenn and he, he agreed to uh, work on a lesson for faith as well. So our whole month of July is going to be filled with lessons on faith. And even our Sunday evening lessons will be a, a, a little bit different series, but they're going to be lessons about God and they also will build our faith. So um, all of these lessons are going to be on the theme of building and strengthening faith. And today's lesson is the beginning lesson for all of these. And we're going to be studying today building blocks of faith. There are certain things that we understand from Scripture that help us to understand what faith is and how we are to build our faith. And today is the basic lesson of all of what is faith and, and how do we strengthen that faith within us. One of the best definitions that I can think of from Scripture to describe what faith is comes from Hebrews chapter 11. In Hebrews chapter 11, we're given a whole chapter that is based on an exhibition of faith. We look at different people throughout Scripture, throughout the Old Testament, who had faith. And so we can build our faith based on their example. In Hebrews chapter 11 and beginning with verse 1, I'm using the New King James Version, says this, Now faith is, and following we have a definition of faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. What do we hope for? At the end of this life, we hope for heaven. We hope for an eternity with God in His presence, never to depart from Him. And because we hope for that, faith is the substance of that hope. Faith is what we build that hope on. So it is the substance of of things hoped for. Faith is also the evidence of things not seen. When I think of that word evidence, I think of going to court. And you, whenever you go to court, you have to have evidence, do you not? There are many people that refuse to believe in God because they cannot see Him. To me, that's like saying that the wind doesn't exist because we can't see it. Even though we cannot see the wind, we can look at the tree and we can see that the wind is blowing. You can see a flag and see that the wind is blowing. 
That's the evidence that winds exist, right? What about God? What evidence do we have for God? Look around you and, and we see creation. There are many people that refuse to believe that creation was created. But I believe it was. To me, that's evidence that God exists. But the only way that I can see it as evidence is by faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, by living a life of faith, they obtained a good testimony. <clears throat> and verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Again, seeing creation, seeing nature as we have it, we understand that God created those things by faith. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. The things that we can see today, we understand to be created by God. Though we cannot see Him, by faith we believe these things to be so. That's the basis of faith. That's the best definition that I could give you of faith from the Scripture. There are other definitions that we read of as we go throughout Scripture. There are the things that we find that help us understand what faith is. I'm going to have to have my water today. We begin with hearing. <clears throat> faith comes by hearing. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 10. We'll look at a few verses here. Romans chapter 10 beginning with verse 14. And we'll read through the end of the chapter. <clears throat> Often when we look at faith coming by hearing, we look at the first few verses of this. I want to read the context of the passage. Romans 10 and verse 14. <clears throat> how then shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? <clears throat> As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed, their sound has gone out, of, out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, did Israel not know? First Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who are not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. But to Israel he says, All day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. In this chapter we're seeing what Paul is referring to as the rejection of the gospel. He starts off this portion of scripture in verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How can they call on God if they have not believed in him? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? So how can they call on God if they have not believed in Him? How can they believe unless they've heard the gospel? Uh, unless they've heard the word preached to them, how can they believe and how can they call on God? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Without those that are willing to preach the gospel to the lost, how will they hear it? How will they believe it? How can they call on God? They cannot. So faith boils down to hearing the gospel. How shall they preach unless they are sent? Unless we have people that are sent to preach the gospel. How can they believe it? How can others believe it? They cannot. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. How wonderful it is to have people willing to go to other parts of the world to carry the gospel to those who have never heard it. Verse 16, but... They have not all obeyed the gospel. There's a group of people, the Jews, who were considered to be God's chosen people. From the Old Testament, we see that God led His people, those who were named Israel, They, they constantly turned against God and they would turn back to God. They would turn against Him again, they would turn back. And it's something that we read of throughout the Old Testament. But yet God cared for His people. And through those people came His Son.
He was born on this earth. He lived, He preached what was to come. And those who believe that message and follow it today by faith can be Christians. But the Jews rejected the message of the gospel. It was carried to them, but, but for the most part, the Jewish people rejected the gospel of Christ. Was it because they had not heard the gospel. What Paul is telling us here is that they had heard the gospel and they had the ability to believe the gospel. They had the ability to obey, to call on God, to call on Jesus. But they chose to reject. Not all those who heard the gospel, obeyed the gospel. And so we have what is said in verse 21, but, it, but to Israel, he says, All day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. They had heard the gospel. They refused to accept the gospel. But we see that faith comes by hearing. Verse 16 for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report, so then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Although those, not all those that hear the word are going to accept it. So the beginning of faith is hearing. We are given the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Verses 18 through 20. Verses that are very familiar to all of us. <clears throat> and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Amen. We are given the commission to carry the gospel to a world of people who have never heard. The only way that faith can come to them is if they have heard the gospel. And not necessarily hearing audibly. But anyone that reads the word of God and hear the gospel message. They can believe it and obey it. Which carries us to our next point. Believe on Jesus. We must believe on Jesus in order to show faith. Acts chapter 16 verses 25 through 34. Acts 16, verse 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. 
Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword, and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them and he rejoiced, having believed in God with all his household. I believe this is the only place in Scripture that the question is asked in its fullness, in its entirety, as it is here. But after all the commotion in the prison, after the earthquake, and, and after the prison doors were opened, this prison keeper was afraid. He was responsible for these prisoners. He assumed that because the doors were open that they had fled and that he would be held responsible for their loss. That his life would be taken. So instead of waiting for his life to be taken, he was ready to take his own life. Until Paul called to him, do yourself no harm. We are all here. He called for light, ran in, fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now we have other examples of people asking what they needed to do. But not as it's asked here. In Acts chapter 2, the people asked, what must we do? The eunuch in Acts 8 said, see, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? He knew what he needed to do. But here he's asking from the point of view of someone who doesn't know anything about what to do next. But assume that he's not heard the gospel, then he asks this very question. Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And what did they tell him? What was the answer to the question? Verse 31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. You and your household. Believe. We first come across 
the gospel by hearing the message. But secondly, a, a greater part of faith is that we must believe it. You see, anyone who doesn't believe the gospel, anyone who hears it and does not believe cannot be saved. So you must believe in order to be saved. Now, there are a lot of people that will take this verse out of the context that it's given and say, well, there you have it. All you have to do to become a Christian is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. In a sense, they're correct in that belief is required. But there's something that comes along with belief. You see, there must be action with belief. Look at what happened after that in verse 32. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him, to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately. Shows the sense of urgency in what we read next. And immediately he and all his family were baptized. Belief leads us to something else. We see that believing on the Lord Jesus Christ led him to do what was next. It led him to be baptized. As we read in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, it's for the remission of sins. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes, whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Belief is essential. Must believe on Jesus in order to show faith. Mark 16, 16, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And all of these passages people use in the wrong way. Belief, proper belief, leads us to full faith because we are obedient to it. The last passage, Mark 16, 16, many people look at it and, and they think, well, he who does not believe will be condemned. Well, there you go. All you have to do is believe. But someone who does not believe is also not going to obey. So we must believe in order to be saved, to do those things, to have that salvation. but it leads to something else. You see, faith is not just hearing and believing. If you look it up in an English dictionary, that's probably what you'll find. But that's not faith as far as Christianity is concerned. Turn with me to James 2. James 2 and beginning with verse 14. 
Here we read that faith without works is dead. James 2 and verse 14. But what does it profit, my brethren? If someone says he has faith but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? What's it going to profit if someone comes to me with a need and I say, Go and have your needs met. Most likely their needs are not going to be met. Which is exactly the point that is being presented. We must do something to meet those needs. Thus also faith by itself, verse 17, if it does not have works, is dead. Hearing and believing is not enough. But we also must do. Verse 18, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. And are the demons saved? Certainly not. Do they have faith? They hear, they believe. Verse 20, But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone or only. Likewise was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, as this body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. I, I can't think of an example of faith and especially Going through Hebrews chapter 11, you go through all those examples, there's not one example that I can think of that there wasn't something done in order to show full faith. Abraham, he had to leave his home. He had to offer his son as a sacrifice in order to show faith. What if he had said, well God, I believe you, would he have been justified? No. He had to show that he believed God. Noah in building the ark had to follow the specifications that were given him. But he had to build the ark. Would it have been enough if he had said, Well God, I believe that this flood is coming. No. He had to do something. He had to build the ark. And so we have all these examples of faith. 
Now all of them show works. Now going back to Abraham, he was justified by faith. Did he earn faith because of his works? No. But he was justified by his works. Not works of merit, but works of obedience. Because he believed God and because he obeyed God, he showed full faith. How about Noah? Did he earn the ability to be saved in the ark because he, built, because he believed God? No. But because of his works of obedience, his faith was justified. You see, we often get the misconception that faith is hearing and believing. But God does not see faith until he sees obedience. Going back to Abraham, Hebrews 11 verses 8 through 12 says this, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength conceived seed and she bore a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man and in him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. By faith Abraham obeyed. By faith Noah obeyed. By faith any of those examples that we read in Hebrews 11, by faith they obeyed. So we understand. Faith is hearing. We must hear the gospel in order to believe it. But we also must believe. We also must believe in Jesus. We also must believe that He died for our sins. And believing will lead us to complete that faith and obedience. What do we read in Scripture? As we looked at before, faith leads us to follow the commands of God in repentance. Repent. We need to repent of our sins. We need to change our lives because we believe on Jesus. We change who we are. We confess that we believe these things to be so. And because we've done these, we are also baptized for the remission of our sin. Repent and let every one of you 
be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. Until we have done those things, our faith is not completed. Each is a step in the right direction, hearing and believing, but we also must do. We also must understand that belief, faith without works, is nothing. It does us no good in regards to our salvation. But we also must do, not in order to earn salvation, but in order to be justified. So I ask you the question, has your faith led you to full obedience? Are you a Christian? Are you a child of God? And if you're not, if you've not obeyed the gospel, why? Why wait? Why put it off? Maybe it is that you have obeyed the gospel, but you've not remained faithful. And maybe you need to come and ask for prayers on your behalf. Or ask for forgiveness. Or something. Maybe there's something that we as a church can do for you. We love you and we care for you. If you're not a child of God, don't leave here outside of Him, outside of Christ, outside of His salvation. But come, let's together we stand and as we sing.